0: Mary Poppins With the songs, the fun And the motion picture excitement Walt Disney is famous for Yes, sir, we've got everything to make life easier Mother, I was reading about a fellow named Tom Edison Who's working on an idea for Snap-on electric lights
1: Hear how the
2: story goes, <laughs> go ahead and push my nose.
0: W
3: Radio, your information station.
4: Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mancello, and this is show number 528. I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my videos, live videos and broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, special events, meet of the month and so much more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So for decades, Epcot's World Showcase has allowed visitors to Walt Disney World To visit, explore, and learn about regions and cultures and people from all over the world, and in many cases, countries that they may not get to see otherwise. And with all things Disney, it's rooted in story, and in the case of the Pavilions of World Showcase, the history as well. We wander through the replicas of villages and buildings and shops and streets and temples, but just how close are the pavilions to the real thing? And in the past, We've asked and answered this question with detailed looks at the UK on show 202 and Norway on show 236. And this week, we're going to travel to Italy, as I'm joined from a friend from Italy who helps to compare and contrast the pavilion with the country. Recorded live as we wander through the pavilion, we'll discuss the architecture, culture, symbolism, history, and stories as we virtually tour the entire piazza and shops and dining options, history, architecture, and so much more. It's a fascinating look into how and where Italian culture and traditions and history are found in the pavilion itself, and the attention to detail that Disney's Imagineers include to provide guests a truly authentic experience. And we also might stop to sample an item on the menu or two. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Stay tuned to the end of the show for additional information and updates, including upcoming events, meets of the month, and a special event coming this September. Of course, I'll have your voicemails as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. for many guests, Epcot Center, it's always going to be Epcot Center to me, is their favorite park in Walt Disney World. For some, it's the attractions, the promise of the future, the festivals, food and wine, yay, and of course, World Showcase. Because here, we're given the ability and really the privilege of visiting 11 nations from around the world and experiencing cultures and cuisines that we probably wouldn't get a chance to otherwise. And each nation isn't just unique, but affords us the ability to wander, engage, learn, and of course, eat. Because how best to learn about a people than through their food, right? And so for me, <clears throat> excuse me, one of my personal favorite pavilions is Italy. It speaks to me not just because of my personal heritage, but for the art, architecture, music, romance, and well, obviously. But just how close is Italy to Italy? Well, I haven't been there yet, but stay tuned. We've got maybe because there may be an opportunity for us to go together soon in the future. But I know someone who has and can help us navigate, tour and compare Italy in Epcot to the real thing. I want to welcome my friend Maria Riboli, who was born in Italy, not the Epcot version, the real one, lived there much of her life, and now joins the ranks of many of us who have moved from the Northeast down to Florida. Uh, ciao, that's the extent of my Italian, and welcome.
3: Ciao, Lu, come stai? <laughs> Bene, you're supposed to say well, got, right.
4: <laughs> Two years of Italian mixed with two years of Spanish did not make for a good combination for me at all. Uh, this is a, uh, a segment a long time in the works. We met however many years ago in Hollywood Studios, um... And the first thing I recognized was that your accent was not from New York.
3: <laughs> really? Can you tell? <laughs> I can't fake it?
4: <laughs> so, tell, give me a little bit of background in terms of, you know, like I said, you were born in Italy, but obviously, like I said, you also moved from the northeast.
3: Yeah, I was born and raised in Italy in a tiny place called Pesaro. I'm going to pull a Giada de, de Laurentiis here every time I talk about something Italian. So, my town was called Pesaro in the Marchi region. It's on the Adriatic Sea. It's kind of in the center of Italy, like an hour and a half south of Bologna. And And then I moved to New York City 20 years ago with a theater company. And New York City has been home ever since and I just became a Floridian <laughs> I think a month and a half ago <laughs> for a few months I'm going to be here for a few months already in my acting studio but it's lovely to be here and I have a piece of home right now
4: <laughs> exactly and I'm and I'm so excited not just because I think your accent's awesome it's like literally the first day I met you I'm like we need to do something in and about Italy together so and I'm going to promise you and you the listener I am not going to pronounce or attempt to pronounce any Italian words today because that um that is while you're while you're here, and as we were walking up towards the pavilion today, you know I said, um, you know we were talking about how this pavilion compares. I think for a lot of the countries in Epcot, they try and bring in a number of different parts of the culture and geography and architecture, but here. You were even saying this is very much reminiscent of a single area in Italy for the most part.
3: Yes, absolutely. I mean, we're looking at Venice here. Personally it starts right here where we are standing right now. You have little bridges here. You have the gondolas right there. And we were talking, I was like, I wish they would have had a little gondola ride in the Italy Pavilion. That would have been fantastic. And a little uh, thing that I, I shared with you before... Every time you take a gondola ride in Venice, every time you go under a bridge, you're supposed to kiss. <laughs> so please be sure to take a gondola ride with your loved ones, obviously. Don't kiss the street. Maybe that's why they don't have gondola rides here in Italy in, in
4: Epcot. <laughs> just to be safe.
3: Just to, yeah, just
4: to keep it as family-friendly as possible. Yes. So, you know, I was just thinking, let's sort of switch things up a little bit. We're talking, we are talking, know we're in Epcot talking about the real Italy. But in Italy, and this may be a bizarre question, is, is Disney... A big thing there, like is, is and is coming to Walters World as a tourist mm-hmm. uh, a big vacation destination?
3: Oh absolutely. I remember growing up and I grew up, you know, watching Topolino, that's Mickey Mouse, and Paperino Donald Duck, we had different names. What's Donald called? What's that? Donald? Paperino. What does that mean? <laughs> a little duck. Literally means like a little duck. But those were the names. And and, of course, we had nothing even close to Walt Disney World. And I remember my first trip to the U.S., I was around 13 years old, and we went to Disney in California, at Disneyland. And I remember my jaw dropped to the floor, and I was like, I need to live here. Just, just let me alone. <laughs> and now you do. And now I do. And now I do, which I would really wish for. Um, but it's very much loved. I mean, every kid grows up watching the Disney movies. And, and now that we have also, of course, Paris, that he opened you know, a few years ago, that's also a... A big center. And have you been to the one in Paris yet? Yes, I was there, I think, three times when it opened, so, you know, many, many moons ago. But, yeah, I was there.
4: Mm-hmm. So do you know how
3: Topolino, do you know how Mickey Mouse got the name Topolino? I think it's just because it's a, it's a tiny mouse. That's what it means, Topolino, a small mouse. And it's a cute little name. And because, of course, also we cannot pronounce anything in English, so they have to translate
4: everything. So it's kind of true. But it's also because somebody there's almost the story of how it came to be is actually somewhat fascinating. It's not because Italians didn't know how to say Mickey and or mouse. Back in 1932, there was an Italian newspaper editor Mario Nerbini, now you, now you now you say his name.
3: <laughs> Is it Mario Nerbini, you said? I think it's so much Nerbini. nicer when you say it. Say, say what's the cheese
4: that begins with M and has two, two Zs? <laughs> La mozzarella. <laughs> so it's like Tiana's like here. Um, he wanted to create a, a weekly story in the newspaper for kids using Mickey Mouse. And so uh, later on that year, actually on New Year's Eve, he creates um, a story about Mickey Mouse being chased by an elephant Unfortunately, he never bothered to contact Disney to get the name of the rights. So he named, he changed the name from, from Mickey Mouse to Topolino, which means a little mouse, and then swapped out Mickey Mouse with another mouse, which he called Topolino. And then eventually, about issue seven or so, um, he secured the rights to Mickey and they changed the name to the Mickey Mouse short and now made that his official name by removing. The space um, in between, because by that time everybody knew Mickey as Topolino.
3: Topolino, yeah, that's the name. I remember having the little newspaper every week with Topolino with all the stories. Yeah, that that was the name. And Minnie is Topolina. Topolina, yeah. Topolino. And I
4: love. And spoiler alert: when we get to the store, like there's so much Topolino and Topolina yeah, merchandise in there. That's
3: great. That's great.
4: So, all right, let's, as we begin sort of our our virtual tour, and it's a beautiful day. Like, the sun has gone in. There's a cool breeze going on. The music is in the background. We have full bellies. so there's a huge smile on my face. But like I said, when you look at Italy, this is not an amalgam of lots of different cities and time periods. Like, the U.K. takes you from the 1700s to modern times. This is like a salute. It, it's a salute to all cities, but mostly Venice. Yes,
3: that is exactly what it is. That is exactly what it is. And it's interesting to me because I think, you know, if you think about Italy, you think about Rome definitely with the Colosseum and then you think about Venice and I'm happy that they chose Venice because it's such a magical place if you've never been to Italy it has to be on your trip you have to see Venice and I always say if you go to Venice be sure to spend at least one night there because there's nothing like walking around the city and seeing all the lights reflecting on the canale and you know on the water it's absolutely magical so I'm glad they picked this one
4: and I think part of the the deliberate choice was because of the water features. You know, water obviously is is hugely prevalent in Venice. There's 117 little islands actually that are connected by all these um, bridges and. Thirty miles of canals and waterways. So what we see, you know, in movies on TV is, is obviously very much like the real Venice looks.
3: Oh, absolutely. That's that's the way it is. And of course, in Venice, you know, you can drive a car. So you walk around. Really? Yeah, there are no cars in Venice. Zero. So yeah, you have to. Yeah, <laughs> you just walk around and you take the little boats and il traghetto from one island to another. That's how you move around.
4: So you hear thirty miles of canals and waterways. You're like, wow, that's probably the most the city with the most navigable waterways in the world. It's not. Right? Look, It's not. It's not. Do you know what it is? <laughs> no. What is it? Would you believe that there are some cities in Florida that actually have really? more? So Fort Lauderdale and Port Charlotte have about 165, but the... The number one city with the most navigable waterways in the world is Cape Coral, with 400 miles.
3: Interesting. Do they have gondolas, though? I doubt it. (laughs) So I'm sorry; (laughs) it's not working for me.
4: (laughs) I know, and we'll get to the gondolas, and and we're actually looking at one now, and just how um, beautiful. But here, there's only there's a 150-foot canal, and that's Mm -hmm. uh, that's the representation that we get. But part and parcel with the canal are the bridges that we're standing in front of um, right here up against World Showcase Lagoon. Uh, One of the nicknames given to Venice is the City of Bridges, Mm -hmm. just because, again, there are so many to get, you know, over and around.
3: Yes, of course. I mean, to to go to walk around everywhere, you just have to connect that way in the city. And it's funny because, like, you know, I had actually a friend who was in Venice um, uh, and was training for a marathon, and she sent me, I don't know why she's doing that, but she sent me pictures of her like really early in the morning running around Venice and oh, yeah. there was nobody there. And even though, yeah, I was the same, I was like, <laughs> it looks painful to me. It was one of the most beautiful moments she said ever, like running on the bridges and it just says it was really it
4: beautiful. Sounds exhausting. Like I'm looking at these like 10 <laughs> stairs in front of me. I'm like, that's it. I feel like Rocky Balboa just walking to the top of them.
3: But then you can eat, so.
4: I, but I think you can eat without the running. And don't, oh, don't worry, we'll get to the food too. Um, I'm I'm not even going to try and pronounce one of the bridges Mm -hmm. right there.
3: Il Ponte della Paglia.
4: Which is located near the Doges Palace. Yes,
3: il Palazzo dei Dogi, yes.
4: (laughs) See, it's so much better when you say it than I do. This is great. um, There's actually three bridges here in Epcot um, that cross the canal. Two of them were actually here on opening day, and actually one of them was built... Only about ten years ago, um, that sort of bring us out to this island, which has beautiful views of World Showcase and Illuminations. Oftentimes, it's used for special events. We did a dessert party here one night before a cruise, and it's just—I think—one of the—I think this is one of the most beautiful vistas in all of uh, in all of Epcot, because of what you have in front of you and, and obviously what you have um, behind you, and this this island right here mm-hmm. is known as the isle of the lake but i'm gonna let you say it in italian
3: <laughs> L'isola del lago.
4: <laughs> so much nicer when you say it than uh than i do but you know going to the gondolas you were saying earlier how wonderful it'd be if, if italy here had a gondola ride mm-hmm. much like they do in uh, tokyo disney sea which was one of my favorite things that i did there mm-hmm. took a beautiful gondola ride we saw somebody getting, getting married there oh, wow. you know here there and i and if they had something here I think there would be lines out the door yeah. to uh, to ride it, um, but in Venice, there were um, there was like eight to ten thousand boats originally in the 17th and 18th centuries. Like like you said, I didn't realize there was no streets, but that was the primary mode of transportation.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, well, because it was a major port. You know what I mean? For all the exchanging, and it was like a major, major port in Italy, and so everything was on boats there. And it still is. I mean, to get around, as we were saying before, you have to be on a, un traghetto, that's how they call it. <laughs> a motorboat or right. stuff like that. Yeah.
4: But yeah, I think now that they said that there's only around 400 right. or so of those gondolas left.
3: Right. But the gondolas, obviously, they're more for the tourists. Sure. Because, you know, I'm pretty sure it's an arm and a leg to get <laughs> on, a, on a gondola right now. But it like it's a mut like
4: You but can't, you can't go to Venice without.
3: Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's one of those things that you have to do. And, and it's, it's very sweet.
4: And I can't, speaking of sweet, I can't wait to get to one of those things that you have to eat when you go to uh, to Venice itself. But there were actually plans very, very early. Obviously, World Showcase has changed in terms of design and content through the years. Originally, in the back of the pavilion where Via Napoli, we'll get to the pizza, uh, currently stands, there were plans to have an attraction back there which was going to have a, a walkthrough of Roman ruins and a gondola ride. Um there was before that that restaurant was there. There was just a big empty wall, and uh, if you look sort of at a, a Google Earth view, you can see there was a lot of land back there that they could have um, that they could have built an attraction. But I think one of the things that makes this pavilion special and unique and beautiful is that the architecture the the pavilion itself is the attraction, Absolutely. and I think that's um, in, incredibly deliberate and there is sort of this main street that runs mm-hmm. down the center that's flanked by the two buildings mm-hmm. um, it's known as i get I want to say it but I can't in front of you it's it's <laughs> called welcome street which means
3: <laughs> via benvenuti
4: <laughs> yeah so there's no there is no um, sign actually there's a tiny one right, right there right, on the side yeah. of of the building yeah. but obviously when you first come to the Italy Pavilion. Uh, the first thing that you see, the first thing that you're greeted with, are these two, you know, replicas of these 12th-century granite columns, topped with the two structures that mark the entrance to St. Mark's Square, also known as the Piazza San Marco. There
3: you go. You don't need me anymore. No. <laughs> I'm gonna, am gonna leave now. <laughs> no.
4: So there's two. Um, on the right is St. Uh, St. Theodore of Amasea. Mm-hmm. Close cool yep. enough? Perfecto. Oh, <laughs> yay! Um, my Italian teacher would be so proud or disappointed. Um, very, very similar to a legend of um, St. George in Germany, sort of the, uh, the idea of um, uh, St. Theodore slaying that, that dragon and, and saving the city and all of its inhabitants. Um, he was actually the first patron saint of Venice. Obviously, the, the city um, and all of Italy with um, its roots, you know, very much grounded in Christianity.
3: Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's Italy. (laughs) Wherever you go, it's rooted in Christianity. That's for sure, yeah.
4: And on the left side is a winged lion, and he is uh, the symbol, he's very much associated with St. Mark, but that very much is the symbol of the city itself. Yeah, Yeah. it's the
3: symbol of Venice. And it's also right now the symbol of um, the Venice Film Festival. That's the actual award. It's the lion, Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's the symbol of Venice, yeah.
4: Obviously, Maria being an actress and a director (laughs) and a coach. (laughs) (laughs) That's
3: the stream I know.
4: (laughs) So we were talking about how, and we can start walking this way, um, that this street, this entranceway, Mm -hmm. uh, opens up into a large piazza Mm -hmm. or a square that obviously here in in World Showcase Mm -hmm. serves as a, a meeting place, a gathering spot, but you were saying a lot of, not just Venice, but a lot of towns in Italy have piazzas like this that aren't just like that for tourists. Like mm-hmm. That's still where people get together and gather?
3: Absolutely. It's the heart of every city. And I think it's, it's great that they, that they did this here because to me, that's more Italy than anything else in, the, in this pavilion. Like that little square where people can just stand around and just chit-chat, that's Italy at its best.
4: And all the buildings sort of face in mm-hmm. so that it is meant to be the place that gather. There's a sort of a raised platform there. For a while, they used to do um, live entertainment and stage shows. A lot of that happens now sort of on ground level. But as you um, as you start to look into the pavilion and into this piazza in the building, the, the one of the things I notice is... Um, the color palette Mm -hmm. that's used Um, very warm of oranges and pinks and peaches Um, even the pottery and the walkways are the same way you know again from comparing apples to apples Mm -hmm. is this sort of what that that
3: absolutely absolutely that's it feels very realistic to me and it feels very cozy there's something about those this color scheme that just makes it feel very warm and, and as you were saying, because everything is facing the square, it feels like you're almost like in somebody's house. Like it's very, um, even like the, the 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 tables that you have, you can eat outside. That's another very Italian thing. Just you know, you just sit, have something to eat, you sit there for like three hours. <laughs> you know, that's very very Italian. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. definitely very faithful to the real place.
4: It's so funny for sitting and eating for three hours, because yep. that's why I look the way that I do is because I don't sit for fifteen minutes. I sit and eat. <laughs> For, um, for three hours mm-hmm. but in terms of you know a lot of times when we go through the different pavilions they are representative of areas or elements of different parts of the country here is meant to represent obviously a very specific location but for deliberate uh, very intentional reasons the, what we're seeing from this side is reversed from the original.
3: Yes, it is. And that's, I remember, the very first time I saw it, I remember looking at it, I was like, I think there's something wrong with it, and I'm <laughs> not sure what it is, because I couldn't pick it up immediately. So, yeah, the dimensions, obviously, are right. different, and, yeah, the position of everything is a little off. But still, if you've never been to Italy,
4: <laughs> it's a good start. I mean, and the, look, the, the buildings are still, you know, massive for yeah. us, but very much on a smaller scale from the original and it is they are reversed from their positions in the original St. Mark's Square and the reason why was for sight lines Uh, when Imagineering was looking at the overall um, world showcase from a distance they wanted to create a balance with the American Adventure next door they didn't want the large Doge's Palace next to the American Adventure and then sort of have this imbalance between here and the gap of Germany next door so um, they placed I'm going to, I know I'm going to, the Campanile? That's
3: perfect. The Campanile, perfecto. I get so nervous.
4: Um, in between, so there's a, a, when you look at it from across World Showcase Lagoon, there's a little bit better of a balance and symmetry.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think it works perfectly. Obviously, they did it because, you know, it made sense and nobody does it better than Disney. So it, it totally works, yeah. So sort of going
4: clockwise on our virtual tour, uh I love this building yeah. before I even knew what it was. I love the color and the architecture and uh, the, that 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 sort of Gothic um, Renaissance architecture and, and the the archways mm-hmm. so this is the um this is known as... the
3: Il Palazzo del
4: Doge. See, I like it so much better when you say it. I call it the Doge's palace. She says the...
3: Palazzo del Doge.
4: So the original was built um, around, between 1309 and 1424. It was the residence. So it's not the Doge, it's the Doge? Doge. The Doge, the magistrate or the um, of so the, the ruler of yeah. the city of Venice? Of
3: the city of Venice. And this palace, and I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but they went through a lot of renovations. Like it kept getting renovated. And I know they had two major fires in a, two different moments. So a lot of it, like the, the facade kept changing until it came back to kind of the original feel that they had with the very first one. So
4: how does this look, you know, if you were to sort of, be here now and then go to venice how different other than the scale does this look than the original
3: i have to say the scale is the is the most obvious thing um other than that you know you you, you definitely get a feel and <laughs> i have to say right now it feels like there's less people here <laughs> than there because <laughs> venice is known to have you know a lot of tourists so right now it feels almost empty um but yeah, it's it's very, very faithful. I think they did an amazing job with it. All
4: right, so quick aside, if there was an optimal time to go visit the real Venice, when would that be?
3: I always say September because okay. it's when, you know, the kids go back in school. So you have a little less crap. It's still a zoo because <laughs> it's always very, very packed. But September, it's a good time, definitely.
4: So part of the reason why I love this building, look, even just standing in front on the, the lagoon side, is the level of detail um, from the top and the finials all the way down to that that you know um, gothic and, and renaissance architecture um, if you look at the top of the palace you'll see a statue of Doge Andrea Gritti Gritti
3: Andrea Gritti, Gritti? Andrea Gritti who
4: represents a state and and she's kneeling before the lion of St Mark which represents is sort of symbolic of um, uh, the, the church in Italy um and the book symbol that she's holding right in front of the statue symbolizes the sovereignty of the state of Venice. Um, but, it, you know, the amount of detail, because they really, obviously, the the, the um, it would be doing a disservice if, if the level of detail was not completely accurate. Especially for somebody that you, like you, would come here and be like this isn't really what it looks like. It's not a disney version. It's just a shrunk-down version of the original.
3: Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And, and Listen, I came here with some of my Italian friends who are very picky, <laughs> and they walked into this pavilion, they were like, this is amazing what they were able to do here. And it's true. You get that feel. I mean, Il Palazzo del Dodge it's beautiful. The details, as you were saying, they're absolutely... Even if you look at the windows, you see how many details, even the little dust on the side. like, And it's perfect, because that's Exactly the way it is. Right,
4: that the aging and the discoloring yeah. of some of uh, the, the marble and the brick mm-hmm. and the stone. Obviously, there's there's multiple levels. We can all, we only have access as guests to the first. You have to imagine that there's storerooms or offices upstairs. How cool would it be if that was your office inside the, the palace in the Italy pavilion? But even looking down on on this level, if you look at the the capitals, which are the the tops of the decorative columns that sort of bear. A lot of the weight—they sort of—that's why they sort of uh, broaden out above the, um, the the columns themselves. They are—they're um, all the same here, although very intricately detailed. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, the one at the original palace—all those not only hand-carved, but every one is unique.
3: Yes, they're all different. They're all different. So that's—you get a great picture spot with every single one <laughs> that you walk around. But yeah, they're all different there. Yeah.
4: And you'll see as you will elsewhere in the civilian, um, lots of angels represented. Yeah. Um, a lot of, lot of, um, you know, Catholic and religious symbolism threats.
3: Of course, yes. You always have those. Even yeah. Even standing here, was. You have the angels, right underneath the lion right. that you were talking before. Yeah. So.
4: Yeah. If you weren't, if you didn't know that you were in Epcot, you would assume that this building was here for hundreds and hundreds
3: of years. Yes, I agree. Absolutely.
4: So the the Campanile. Campanile, Campanile the Campanile. The the bell tower yeah. uh, is about a hundred feet tall here. It's more than 320 feet tall and almost 40 feet wide in um, in Venice. So obviously the scale yeah. is
3: the, the scale is it's, it's a tiny bit off. <laughs> <laughs> but I think again, I think they did a great job because it still feels very massive when you're when you're looking at it, and that's the feel that you get when you're there. So even though obviously it's smaller, they still were able to give you that feel.
4: And the original built back. Um, it was started, it was construction began in the ninth century, but was built as a watchtower mm-hmm. for again, like you said, there was a the nearby dock and the port. Um, mm-hmm. And it and like the palace itself also was damaged a number of times and uh, converted from a watchtower to a bell tower. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you ever heard, like there's now five different bells in the tower, each has a different purpose. So the largest one rings at the beginning and the end of the workday, mm-hmm. one rings at midday. Another one rings to summon council members. Another one begins to set it, it. And I think one of them has to be for, like, snack time, too. Because do you do, like... Um, Coffee break. Do you do, like, yeah. Because in Italy, <clears throat> excuse me, much like my parents and grandparents did, you take a little break during the day and have dinner very, very late at night, right?
3: Yes, they do. Uh, and we do, I grew up like that. You have breakfast, then you have a little break in the morning. You have a, the, the coffee break around like 10 or something. Then you have your full-on lunch where people come home from work and sit what? down and have like an hour, an hour and a half lunch. Um, and then, of course, you have merenda. Merenda is your afternoon snack. It's usually around 5, and it was another full-on meal. And then you have dinner late at night.
4: Yeah. So it's nice to know that I've been doing it right all along and honoring my Italian heritage, unbeknownst to me, at at home, because that's pretty much how I roll all day long. Um, At the top of the Campanile is the Archangel Gabriel. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the original, this replica is actually covered in gold, not because it's meant to be... uh, It's less decorative than the fact that um, it doesn't tarnish, and to use a precious metal like that was probably cheaper than having to... Uh, clean and refurbish the angel on a decorative piece, which is part of the reason why they also use gold on places like Cinderella Castle as right. well too. Right. Um, let's sort of walk through. Let's sort of walk through the um, uh, the, the palace a little bit because yeah. there's details both inside and outside. Maybe we could pull even out, talk so. to pull out. <laughs> so why don't we talk about the? Um, why don't we go through? We'll talk about the um, yeah. the shop itself. Yeah. It's. I don't want to even say it.
3: Il il bel bel cristallo.
4: The beautiful crystal. Yes. Um, So from what I understand, the arches of this shop are meant to be representative of the exterior of the Sistine Chapel. Um, But in here, I mean, the first thing, even before you see anything, you smell. um, There is... Again, it just reminds me so much of going to an event with a lot of my family members because you smell the, uh, the perfume.
3: And it's, it's funny that you just said that because I walked in and I got that sense memory of just women walking down via Condotti in Roma with these beautiful dresses and this smell, this beautiful perfume. So, yeah, that definitely feels Italian, too.
4: Or, again, you know, my family originally came from Brooklyn. It was like when you went to a funeral, everybody was in black and you smelled it before even walked inside. I love my family That's to death, great. but you know, I again, look. Our olfactory senses are the most are the ones that are most directly connected to memory. So it, it's not a surprise that sometimes you smell things, and you know, this reminds me of my mother. It reminds me of my aunt. Uh, but you'll see that they have um, a lot of clothing and fine. I mean, fine leather goods, uh, jewelry, and a line of um, fragrances by the Aqua di Parma, as well as the scents that are created here specifically for men. Uh, and some for women, and I think Prada also has a line that 's exclusive to only here and the store for yeah only here in new York
3: oh wow i, I, did, I didn 't know that we might have to try it
4: <laughs> I hope by we you mean you um, because i 'm not sure if anybody wants to be <laughs> although it 's incredibly hot outside, so it might not be the uh, it might not be the worst thing, um, yeah, because and this store has changed a little bit over the years. they used to have a lot more um, italian themed For a long time, there was a lot of Ferrari merchandise in here, um, which I think you need to have the car first before you buy the shirt. But um, (laughs) they've moved a lot of that to the other side. But um, the store is very simple. It's very elegant. And as you walk through, you get to really one of my um, favorite parts of this pavilion. Oh, look, there it is. There's the... the how do you say
3: it? La Ferrari. Oh, la Scuderia. Man. Scuderia Ferrari. My, I listen, I just want my,
4: I'm, simple. I'm a simple. My 1984 Ferrari 328 GTS with the Targa top, one of these days. Audio guides are still on sale, by the way. So, um, but in the back is, and I'm going to mispronounce this, la Gemma Elegante?
3: Uh, yes, okay. la Gemma Elegante, yes. The, uh, the, elegant, the
4: elegant gem, yeah. but primarily in addition to some jewelry that they sell. Uh, the first thing that you notice when you walk he- in here are the Venetian masks, yes. which date back to the 1100 yeah. when uh, Doge Vitali Micheli?
3: Doge Vitale Micheli, close enough. It sounds like a
4: character from The Godfather, but um, he uh, he was victorious. Over um, the person he was running against, and to celebrate that event, a party called a carnaval. Carnaval, yeah, carnaval was given, and all the attendees. Um, had masks and the reason why was to hide the differences of the social classes and eventually the church incorporated these, this event into Christianity. It became the Carnival of Ven- Venice which happens right around Mardi Gras, right?
3: Yes, that's exactly what it is and it's interesting that you're saying this because they used to have, the, the people used to wear those masks at different times of the year. So not just for the Carnevale but also like right after Christmas, all the way to the Epiphany, just to hide themselves. Yeah, really? Yeah, it was born like that, and then of course it developed into the Carnival and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and you see they all, and I'm sure you know all this, but they all have different shapes. And I was actually looking for the one that are right there, you see the white ones, that they have no mouth. It's almost like a Prominent like chin. a beak, almost like a giant. It it's almost looked like a beak, that one, the the two right there, the white one. Um, and the reason why they had it like that is because they were able to eat without removing the mask. Oh, <laughs> oh, now you're talking, that's the one I need to get. Yeah. And then, of course, they have all the masks for the... Um, very famous characters of the Carnevale. You have Colombina, you have Arlecchino. Those are all the masks that are very, very famous in Italy.
4: Oh, so I didn't realize that some of the masks were representative of individuals or characters. I thought they were just decorative.
3: No, no, they have they represent characters. And and, and again, some of them, they had different meanings based on the people that were actually wearing them at that time.
4: Yeah. And then eventually a lot of these masks were also brought in coming full circle to you. Yeah. A lot of these were also used in theatrical productions yeah. as well, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. La, la Commedia dell'Arte. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's where, of course, Then they still do. They still use all those beautiful masks and the costumes that they come with it.
4: And so when Carnevale happens, um, is it still very much that costumed mask production?
3: Yeah. Il Carnevale di Venezia, it's like, it's something you've never experienced in your life. Like, you see those incredible masks and those gorgeous Ginormous dresses, and um, it's just and it goes on for days from one party to another. You go, you know, to one palazzo to another on the canal. It's very, very magical. Yeah,
4: I think we should do a follow-up episode where we go during Carnival and we sort of compare. Again, if we're going to compare Italy to the original, we should probably do, you know, a bookend yes. episode. Um, one of the very first videos I ever did was with Giorgio Baloccalo, who mm-hmm. is the, um, I guess you the, the head craftsman, and artist here, obviously they always have an artist here uh, working on it, was just how intricate and beautiful and delicate um, these are. I remember I was so impressed too, like I got one for my mother who, you know, of all the tchotchkes she had around the house, she never had a Venetian mask, (laughs) but they are, they are um, they are little works of art.
3: Absolutely. And I think it's like if you go to Venice, and I guess if you come here to Epcot, especially to the Italy Pavilion, you can't go home without one of those masks. And I think everybody in Italy has at least one of those on their walls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, everybody has a little mask. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Yeah, and if you have never been back here before, um, you should just don't touch. Look with your eyes. Um, don't Because you, the, the oils of your hands will actually uh, affect the masks. Um, but they're beautiful, and some of them are made into ornaments. Some of them are made right. into... Jewelry, And I guess, you know, if you wanted to, you could take one and wear it to... You could wear it to Carnevale. But, again, some of them are um, so incredibly detailed. I mean, they, they would look beautiful up on a wall, too. They're
3: really gorgeous. And the ones that they only cover your eyes were born for women. So those are the, the first ones that women started to wear and then... The the female character of the carnaval is called Colombina. That's her name, and so she used to wear one of those. And then, of course, everybody can wear also men and everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. Um, and again, little pieces. And I think one of the most unique souvenirs that you could um, bring back. Yeah. So we were talking earlier yeah. about the architecture and bridges, and we're standing as you if you come out the back end of La Gemma Elegante. See? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best. Um, you come to a, a small mm-hmm. alcove <clears throat> that has access to a backstage area with a beautiful staircase that leads to a second level mm-hmm. that's very nondescript but is one of my favorite little... Um, little sort of out of the way tucked away places here
3: yeah it's really nice and then we were talking before this reminds me a lot of what's called in venice il ponte dei sospiri (laughs) if you want to translate that go ahead (laughs) but il ponte dei sospiri in venice used to be this little bridge that used to connect il palazzo del doge to the prison cells and so it was called il ponte dei sospiri because that was the final walk of all the the people going to jail and it was their last look at Venice, and so everybody was like, ah, "And that was oh, a, little, a little dead yeah. man walking." Yeah, a little bit, okay. a little bit. But I was in Ponte dei Sospiri, and so this niche reminds me a little bit of that.
4: So, do you know? Uh, again, this is not accessible to guests, but do you, so um, <clears throat> at the bottom of the handrail is a the, the statue of a woman. I, I tried to. I was wondering if it was Mary. I don't know. If that's, what, would,
3: that's what it looked like to me <laughs> right now. But I don't. I actually don't know this. I don't know either. No. We're going to say it's the Virgin Mary.
4: We could say it's the Virgin it Mary. It probably is. But if you come across the way, and this is one of my favorite little details I love showing people, that I think because most people have no occasion to come back this way, but look, even look at the door handles, oh, yeah. how they sort of the, the um, bronze fish, there's, um, there's a carving uh, of a pretty hideous-looking face, <laughs> which from Maria San was modeled after Bacchus, who was the god of wine. I am not going to even attempt to read what it says under there.
3: Okay, it says, Denonti secrete contro contrabbandieri et trasgressorio in ogni sorte di ogli. Very dramatic, <laughs> because we're very dramatic in Italy.
4: No, you've met my mother, obviously.
3: So, I love my mom, we're really. Very, um,
4: very But um, so
3: Very short translation, yeah. do not pass over (laughs) here like just stay where you are (laughs) you cannot pass so
4: so something again about in in old italian uh about secret accusations Mm -hmm. against smugglers from what i understand this was known as the mouth of truth yes it was uh, so you you this is something
3: this is like the mouth of truth it's really in rome and there's this and it's like this like really really big she has her arms way he out you know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm used to TV people <laughs> I'm used to a camera <laughs> so um, it's usually really really big and you know it's known that you put your mouth your uh, hand in it in the mouth and if you say a lie your hand will not come back so that's the the obviously the, the legend but yeah it's in uh, it's that's in a room.
4: much more morbid uh, <laughs> understanding of what I thought because Maria, this was sort of a, it was a mailbox that would allow citizens of Venice to anonymously lodge complaints against other people, um, the government, whatever, and report those crimes. So these were at one point in in the early days of Venice found throughout um, specifically for that purpose. So you would write on a piece of paper your complaint about your neighbor, drop it in there (laughs) anonymously um, or even the government, without any sort of fear of repercussion um, against you. So if your neighbor was a criminal or evading taxes or whatever, this was your way. It's sort of like a little snitch box.
3: (laughs) That's exactly what it was. I'm so
4: happy they don't have these these, anymore. Yes, we don't need
3: those, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they probably had those around Venice. I know know the one in, in Rome is known. For, for that, if you say a lie, you, you lose your hand. But I'm sure they have all of those in Venice.
4: Yeah, the Italians don't fool around. You 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 yeah you you, like you, yeah, you, uh, you lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we
3: know people.
4: <laughs> so as we continue again on our clockwise journey to the, the center of the piazza, um, I remember over the years a number of different. Sometimes the ZD sisters used to be out here. But we're getting to arguably what what you can say is is some of my hour. we're Italian favorite parts which is the dining Um, to our left is Tutto Italia which was originally known as l'originale oh just you say it (laughs)
3: l'originale Alfredo di Roma Ristorante
4: (laughs) that was for about 25 years the only restaurant um, that was here at the Italy Pavilion Uh, it was operated by Alfredo's of Rome the, the parent company was based in Rome very very popular restaurant um, not just because it was the only one here but because the food was excellent and I will tell you as an Italian and you're going to if you haven't found this out yet, Maria finding good Italian food in Florida it's tough
3: yes it is and
4: you come from New York so it's yeah. like doubly tough
3: yes I feel the pain right now <laughs> yes
4: um, in 2007 it transferred ownership and changed names to the Patina restaurant group and is now Tutto Italia although it never actually closed like they kept the doors open and just as business was going on, changed the name and some of the signage. See if I get this right. Tutto Italia means basically all Italy, all Every, Italia.
3: No, Tutto Italia to me means like everything Italian. Yeah, everything Italian.
4: Which makes sense because the cuisine inside is inspired by um, uh, flavors and recipes from throughout the country. Because like anywhere, like the United States, where we have, you know... You know different flavors from new york as you would from the pacific northwest as you would from the southeast so you'll have a lot of items that and the the menu is so huge i love it so very much Uh, and they have a separate lunch and dinner menu too maybe Uh maybe we need to come and eat here one night and and if we're going to compare the pavilion maybe we need to compare the food as well very
3: nice i'm in I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> so when we
4: talk about cuisine that's, that's Northern Italian versus yeah. Southern Italian, from a general perspective, what does that mean?
3: Um, it's different. Like in the north, north of the mountains, you get a lot of meat. And of course, it, where it's cold, you get more stews that are very popular. And then when you go to the coast, then you have fish. And it's the most amazing fish. And of course, the, the, the red string that connects it all is the pasta because pasta is like it's on every table at every meal. Always, always. Yeah.
4: Which is obviously why I have the fluffy (laughs) physique that I do. It's good for you. Uh, But they do. They've got a number of different Mm -hmm. um, pastas. There's like 20 different appetizers, which, you know, that's like family style around the table Sunday. If you weren't hungry, that's good. I'm going to make some more food. That's exactly what my grandmother would do. But I see things that... I remember from growing up you know including uh, Parmesan's and, yeah. and lasagna's and pasta bolognese oh, which is, is my favorite but if you look at the architecture of the building itself it's different than what you see obviously in the Doge's Palace and even some of the other buildings it's um, very elegant it's very formal um, uh, Inspired by a little bit more of a, a Florentine mm-hmm. design than, than elsewhere
3: it 's funny because like when we when we walked into the square and we started looking at all the restaurants, my first impression was like this really feels like Italy, like this niche it 's the most Italian of the whole pavilion to me, like the way the restaurants are it 's definitely it feels like you 're in Italy right now
4: and that's and that 's the greatest testament that you can give yeah. to a pavilion is somebody coming from Italy. Um saying it's like that. We'll just sort of peek our heads in, really quickly, because if you've never had occasion to come in here before, um, you'll see uh, just how air conditioned it is. Just come for the air conditioning, stay for the food. But you see, um, ciao, good. Um, you see just how elegant it is with the from the um, the rich dark woods and the carpeting and the chandeliers, the mosaic tile work. Yeah,
3: it feels very rich. It feels very. It's between Rome and Rome and Florence to me right now, and it's nice the the mosaic on on the floor. It's a very nice touch because that's yeah. very Italian. Yeah. And if you look on the
4: walls inside, you see um, uh, not just the mirrors, but the 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 tromp tromp um, the paintings that sort of. Mm-hmm are meant to sort of deceive the eye, to give you a sense that you're almost looking out a window mm-hmm. to where you'd be eating. Yeah,
3: and so you get the feel also that it's bigger and, you're, and, you're, and it's beautiful outside at any moment of the day. Yes,
4: absolutely. Right, and they, the Imagineers and the artists duplicated the styles of Paolo Veronese?
3: Paolo Veronese, see
4: si. a, uh, a Venetian painter mm-hmm. um, uh, during the Renaissance. Yeah. So, again, as you sort of peek in, it's just a, it's a beautiful restaurant that you'd feel comfortable having a dinner date or coming with a couple of friends for a formal evening as well as walking off the promenade in the middle of the afternoon.
3: Yeah, and I noticed also all the the glass sculptures that they have, and that's very uh, specific of Venice, Il, uh, Il Vetro di Murano, the glass mm-hmm. of Murano. So Venice has all those little islands in the front, and Murano is very, very famous for all the glass work. So that's definitely something that it's very, very Italian.
4: Yeah, I think we need to come here and do a live... Mm-hmm. Come Hungry. Si. Come Hungry. Oh, um Attached to here is one of my favorite venues. It's like my own little hideaway sometimes. I did a review with Becky a few years ago, and it's the Tutu Gusto wine cellar. And even from the entrance itself, you get that that feeling of that aged brick, the low ceilings, the the large timbers, and the, the dark woods. And it has a very different feel than any of the other restaurants. Is this now? Is this like a wine cellar? Did you find Italy?
3: A hundred percent. This I really love because it feels very, uh, very specific and very faithful to to the country. I actually remember growing up in Italy in my little town. There was this teeny tiny osteria. That had a lot of this feel. You have a lot of like the woods, like the table and the brick walls. And it's just is so warm, and and it, it just it invites you to stay, just sit, have a glass of wine, chit chat, and you know, don't if you, got, if you got to eat.
4: Because <laughs> they do have a full, they have a full menu here, and, and um, if you look uh, on the site or in iTunes, you'll find the review of Vianopoli. But they have a huge um, uh, sharing plate as well as full plates of lasagnas and paninis. Oh, wow. But one of my favorite things... Come here, we're just, I have to bring you over here. This is my favorite part. There's also a full bar that you could just walk up and walk into. And, and one of the reasons why I love this restaurant is that you can just walk up without a reservation. But it's the, the case, the cold case...
3: I'm like... <laughs>
4: <laughs> You don't even have to be hungry to come here and want to eat
3: something. We just ate, and I'm like, okay, we're going to do this again right now. And this is so Italian, the way it looks. Like, you know, the the, the olives, that's such an Italian staple. We have it on every... Table and and especially at night you eat stuff like this. Especially in the summer, you have the, the caprese with you know mozzarella and tomatoes, and you have olives. You have you know gaffeta. called prosciutto, mozzarella, and of course you have to finish with Nutella.
4: <laughs> well, of course, so. I could just eat that Carciofi Carciofi Artichoke hearts yeah. Marinated artichoke hearts I could just sit there And eat that yep. entire plate All by myself
3: Yes I'm the same I'm like I adore carciofi And they're like In Rome There's a very famous dish um, Called I carciofi alla romana The Roman style And they're usually Like the big ones yes. And with gratin And oh. you put it in the oven Yep
4: you give me a little, a couple of plates of this, the caprese, and look at the cheese. Like, I love the the, the freshly cut, yeah. like, Parmigiano-Reggiano cheeses and the salamis. I could do this all day.
3: Yeah, that's all you need. And that's really what it's, that's a table in any house in Italy. Like, at night, you know, for, for dinner, you have, you know, all those things, and, and you find the same in a restaurant. We, you know... Italian, we actually eat very simple food. It's usually two or three ingredients in the plate, no more than that, but the flavor is so strong and so fresh. Nothing comes from a box, nothing comes from a can. It's very, very fresh.
4: Just look at that little setup of the Mm -hmm. cheeses and the breadsticks and the breads, and you're right, the Nutella chocolate cake in that, (laughs) and there's Five or six different
3: yeah, panneco. Uh, tiramisu. Tiramisu. Is st- you know what tiramisu means, right? You know that. Of course, I do. Know, yeah, but, benefits, but just for I the benefit of the, the, you know, I thought you knew. Tiramisu means pick me up. Oh. That really means yeah, it means that. And because there's coffee in it, so it's a little pick me up.
4: <laughs> so we see there's there's a number of different specialties and pastas and dolce gusto. So um, what what are some of the?
3: The so we have le fettuccine. Meatball, parmigiana, gli <laughs> involtini di melanzane, the melanzane is eggplant. Uh, yeah. Oh, this.
4: breaded and fried eggplant. I eat it like it's candy. So
3: good. In Sicily, there's a plate with a, a pasta dish with the eggplant, mozzarella. And I think tomato is like it's one of the most delicious things ever. And then they have fusilli di gragnano alla carbonara, which is la carbonara. <laughs> it's one of the easiest things that you can make. It's just with eggs and uh, pancetta. It's kind of like bacon that's all you need and it's
4: like a creamy white with the ba- oh. yeah
3: it's a pasta it takes two seconds to make it's delicious ziti al ragù di salsiccia of course you have a ragù with sausage and then they have different tiramisu so okay you have with the mocha with the Nutella la panna cotta the cannoli yum yeah. yeah
4: and full bar uh, yeah. extensive wine menu mm-hmm. um Obviously,
3: I like that it's so that it's dark. Yeah, because that's also the feel when you go to one of those in LA.
4: It's beautiful here at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love it here at night. And again, you can, for the most part, oftentimes just walk up with no reservation and and always find yeah. um, a seat. Yeah. Um, I remember going there once. Uh, having a little limoncello and, t- oh, limoncello at Lumoncello. Yeah. <laughs> it
3: was meant to be.
4: Um, in the, uh, in the back of the pavilion. I think for a lot of people, this is what not only brings them to, but brings them to the, the back of the pavilion. Cause I think for a lot of people, really? Maria, they come to Epcot and they'll look at the map and say, well, there's no attraction here. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just walk by. There's nothing to see. Vianopoli, um, in, you know, obviously, almost deliberately. So, in the back of the pavilion is is, is that you know food-based weenie to, to bring you back here. Um, this opened back in August of 2010. This also is part of the Patina Restaurant Group family. They have a number of restaurants here. Really love what they do, and more importantly, the authenticity. Uh, now, you've eaten at Vianapoli before?
3: I've never eaten at Vianapoli. you to add that to the list. Yeah, it's, it's on the list. It's on the list. But I have, like, two very dear friends of mine, um, Andrew and Corey, they're runners, actually, and they always do the, the, the Disney races, and they always come to Vianapoli to get their carbs in before a big race, and they love it. They said the pizza's fantastic.
4: I come here to get my carbs before, like, a big <laughs> walk. Like I think walking but, to yeah. Vianapoli is, is why I need to um, carb load, yeah, and I've said it forgive me ad nauseum a million times one of the things i miss who am i kidding the only thing i miss most about new jersey new york area is the food and the pizza is very very hard to find and if you haven't had pizza yet down here and i'm not saying it because i'm just an enthusiast but this is one of the few places to find good pizza and please back me up it's the water
3: it's the water. It's the water. <laughs> it's the water. And, ex- and explain what that means. <laughs> because, I mean, the water in New York is really good. We're on the, you know, one of the top cities in the country. We have the best water. And so it makes a difference when you make the pasta for the pizza, the dough. It makes a difference for the bagels. I'm sorry. Oh, but like, you know.
4: <laughs> they don't even know what a bialy is down here or a knish. Um, a, knish. a knish. right? Oh it's the God. things that we miss. But... Before we even get to, to the architecture, mm-hmm. they they do they import the water from um, to a place where it's the, where the pH is very similar to what you'd find in, in Naples. The flour is imported from Italy because the ingredients, including the water, really do matter and they make a difference.
3: Absolutely, it makes it makes a total difference. I have a, a friend of mine who's in um, he has a pizzeria in uh, in, in uh, New York, and he imports all the ingredients from Italy then it, it's, it's a different story. It's just, it's a different thing, absolutely.
4: And the fact that it's, it's wood-fired, authentic, like, Neapolitan pizza, yeah. because they, and you can get, you can make your own with any types of ingredients, but they also have a, a lot of gourmet toppings, mm-hmm. like, how do you say, now, <laughs> I know how I say it, how do you say that word right there?
3: What am I looking at? Calamari. It's calamari. It's calamari.
4: calamari. <laughs> um, the artichokes and the eggplant and the yeah. porchetta and the prosciutto, like the, the price of a pizza is going to is going to run you starting around twenty one dollars, but it's worth it because oh, of the yeah. when you use. Fresh ingredients yeah. and the flour and the water—it makes. If vianopoli delivered, I would probably yeah. never leave my house. Yeah,
3: I agree. I agree with you, and I love the fact that they also do the gluten-free pasta in this one because I think it's important. Right. So
4: you, so yeah. you, you do gluten-free. So yeah. that's important to yeah. know that they do.
3: Absolutely, that I can, I can do that as well. And you know, the la pizza napoletana has a different. It's a very, very thin pizza. That's the way it's made. And I can see, they have a little picture here. You can see this is the perfect Italian pizza with the crust that you get uh, the little bubbles. Yeah, that's the perfect one. That's the perfect one.
4: <laughs> Which is different than like a New York pizza where you fold it and then the yeah. oil sort of drips down your arm yeah. a little bit onto the paper plate below. Yeah. Uh, but they also have pastas, um, yeah. small plates. I, I know I did a live review of here a long, long time ago but it's been a while yeah. since I came back. They used to have, for a little while, they had a walk-up window We could get individual slices of pizza to go. Like, that's a party right there, but um, it's beautiful inside. One of the things I, there's a couple things I like. Obviously, they've got, it's a a bit of a show kitchen. Mm -hmm. They've got those three, um, the wood burning ovens that are named after some of the active volcanoes in Italy, like Etna, Vesuvius, and Stromboli. Each has a face, sort of giving them a a little bit of an individual personality. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I I loved is, we can hear, we can even walk closer so we can see. Plus, we can get a bit uh, air conditioning, too. They've got seating for 250 inside. They've got outside seating as well as sort of um, covered patio seating. But I love the high ceilings. It's so light. It's so airy. You've got those painted murals that look as though they've been aged as well. But there's something about this that makes me feel to a certain degree like I'm at a restaurant in Italy. But I love sort of the communal table in the middle. That's what... Because when I went to my grandmother's house every Sunday in Brooklyn, there was 27, 30 of us around one huge table, about 400 meatballs and pasta, <laughs> and it was a, you know, seven-hour affair.
3: And that's a snack. <laughs> that's how we start. Yeah. it's I don't know what it's like. Ital- for for Italians, the food is so important. We take it very, very seriously. And one of the things, that we love feeding people. <laughs> we love that. Like, you can make me happier if you come over to my place. I'm like, and I can cook for you. It's just I'm very happy happy about it there's so much love that we put in the food and we're very particular about the way we do it then you're like the big table it feels so like you know la familia you know it's their family here and and you share and everything is combined and it's just an opportunity to be there together and chit chat together mm-hmm. you
4: hit on something and i and i try and i try to there is something about putting love into the food um it's not an ingredient that you can see or quantify but you can tell um and I think even here, there's some of that because, because everybody here is from Italy. Every server, every chef, is. For, they, they know the importance of that. Um, this is not a restaurant where you go to some attractions or theme parks and, and it's about turnover. It's about getting you in and out. You can sit here and have a long, leisurely, delicious meal over a giant, you know, and share two, three, or seven
3: pizza. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's just, it's part of the culture. And again, it's very few ingredients, very fresh. It's all about, it's all about the food and just, and all the food that brings you together. That's really what it's all about.
4: And so one of the things that they have on the menu here, and I, and I want to ask you is if, that um, they have a signature non-alcoholic drink um, called aqua frescas. There's limonata, blood orange, and strawberry. Is that something that's served and it like kids or adults drink in Italy.
3: Is it a combined thing, you say, like la limonata with... Uh, it's called Limonata, blood orange, and strawberry. Let's I have go, never, heard yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Let's go look at the menu.
4: Because we, you know, when you see on, sorry, on uh, TV or um, in movies, you know, everybody's drinking wine all the time. It's... <laughs> Even
2: the kids. Even the kids. <laughs>
4: yeah. So I mean, is that true? I mean, is is wine very much a part of yes. the everyday meal? Yeah, yeah
3: it's it's uh, you know I remember growing up, my father always had a glass of wine for lunch and one for dinner, and it was never a taboo. We never right. grew up with like, oh, it's a taboo or nothing like that. Yeah.
4: And kids start drinking about as uh, twelve? Yeah,
3: yeah, or seven? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> it depends from the family, but yes.
4: <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so they don't have it on the they don't have it on, on the menu no, outside sure. here, but yeah, they have a bunch of different. Um, they're called aqua fresca, lemonata, lim- blood orange, and strawberry. They do have some um, signature drinks as well. I saw you saw the limoncello mule.
3: Little, it looks really nice with vodka, limoncello, orange juice, pineapple juice, pure... Oh, my goodness. We might have to go back in. <laughs> that would be a little refreshing on a uh, <laughs> right? on a hot day. And I, and I want like, to point something out. I'm sorry. Um, they do have one of the pizza with prosciutto melone. That it sounds a little interesting to me as a pizza. But prosciutto melone, so how you say prosciutto, right? That's right. how you say it. prosciutto and uh, cantaloupe. That's the summer dish in LA. You just- we have,
4: I had, as a kid, yeah. you had a slice of melon with prosciutto on top.
3: Yeah, yeah. that's dinner. That's dinner. That's- was,
4: oh, yeah? Oh, that was like yeah. an appetizer.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. The appetizer for dinner, yes, yes, I agree. An appetizer for us is, you know. Yeah. But I always wondered, like, how that... Came together, I you know how the, I don't know who came up with it, but it was a genius because I think it's, you have the sweetness of the fruit and a little bit of the salty of the prosciutto. It's perfect, it's and that, and it's so fresh.
4: And that's why, um, and especially around the holidays, a lot of times I won't make it from the kitchen to actually a table because <laughs> what ends up happening, you all gather around the kitchen yeah. as the meat and the cheeses and the artichokes and the peppers and all that's being sliced and you stand around that you know here in the, especially a lot of houses here in florida we have the big island in the middle you just sort of stand around the island and just pick and that's sort of the social center
3: yeah absolutely that's exactly what it is and it's it's funny because like even i still do that that's I think the, that's the Italian in me the food and so even if I have friends over I do that and people feel like you're doing too much I'm like this is not no, you need to see me when I cook at Thanksgiving dinner I was like this is nothing
4: we're going to do a live broadcast from your house at, from your apartment at Thanksgiving I um, got it I can't wait to come over because you've never actually cooked for me so I need I to just I want to make sure that you can back up everything that you're saying that's that's and the fact that I'm uh, and that I'm starving uh, uh, so you might be able to hear the uh, the falling water behind me. This is uh, it's often been called the the Neptune fountain or the Trevi fountain and it's actually a little bit of both. It's a combination of the two.
3: Yeah, it's a combination. I think it's a little it's a salute <laughs> to the fountains in <laughs> Rome. To all fountains, but mostly tref- Trevi and <laughs> Neptune. Exactly. Uh, so la, la Fontana del del Nettuno di Bernini it's in uh, Rome in the in Piazza Navona. And the, Piazza Navona is one of my favorite spots in Rome, actually. It's this gorgeous uh, square that used to be a stadium, like the Colosseum. That's what it used to be like. And so they had, you know, fights there and everything. And they actually used to close it and fill it up with water and have um, battleship. And, and it, was, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was really pretty amazing what they were able to do. But um, so this is a little homage to that and of course I can see all the little coins in the fountain for good luck um, you're super, if I remember correctly you're supposed to use your right hand and throw it over your left shoulder
4: if I, if I, if I, or else right. it's going to backfire on yeah, you in a big something way like that
3: yeah. we're very superstitious
4: I'll say the Italians are very superstitious. Yeah. very superstitious top 10 superstitions Italians have right you got to walk. Out, you got to walk out the door you came in. You never sit with your back to the door. That could be more of a Godfather else. <laughs> oh,
3: but there are so many. Of course, you know you can't walk under a ladder. Uh, the broken mirror, seven years of bad luck. You have, and if you're if you're on the t- if you're eating, and somebody asks you to pass the salt you have to put it down. You don't pass it from one hand to another. You put it down and then the other Oh, I've been doing it out. wrong a that, lot. Oh, that's what that it ex- is. That explains, it. Yeah. that explains a lot. That explains <laughs> a lot. Yeah, but we have a lot. We have a
4: lot. So you also see a little bit of the uh, the Neptune fountain in uh, Florence. And, you know, from Greek mythology it, it looks very much uh, like Poseidon, the god of the sea. And like the, the Greek god, in his left hand he has a trident. Um, they... You also see the two uh, messenger dolphins and the, the conch shell um, in his right hand. And as you can see while we're standing here, this is one of the most popular photo spots, uh, probably in, in not just in the pavilion, but one of the most popular ones in Epcot. Forget the bubblegum wall and the purple wall. No, no. You want to take it by the fountain.
3: Yes, I agree. It's, it's, it's beautiful, and it's just... There, so to me, also reminds me a little bit of The Little Mermaid. So <laughs> I'm sure there was a, <laughs> a wink there to The Little Mermaid. But it's a, it's a lovely spot, yeah. And you can make your wish. But do it the right way,
4: right? <laughs> Throw it over your back to the water, over your shoulder. Yes. Um, and, you know, if you look immediately to the left, um, you'll see this, this stone wall, which it currently is used for a smoking section. I, You know, from a personal perspective, I kind of wish it wasn't. Um, because you see that hanging over that wall um, are grapevines. Yeah. Uh, because people, I think, sometimes don't realize how important the wine industry is um, and how prevalent it is they. Um, about one fifth of the world's wines come from Italy and. It's made throughout the entire north and southern regions. I mean, pretty much everywhere in Italy, wines made
3: everywhere, and every single region has every wine has a different taste. And there, I mean, you know, so many that come from Italy. You know, for, of course, the Chianti—that's you know <laughs> the most one of the most famous one. But you've, every single region has a different taste because of the wine. the The grapes are different, so you get something. Um, Sweeter, If you like something sweet, a little bit more fruity, something a little more acidic. It depends what you like. But yeah, every single region has something. Are you
4: a red or a white?
3: Uh, I'm going with a white. Okay. It depends. And you know, it depends from the meal. Right. Of course, it depends <laughs> from the meal. I do like, like in the summer, a chilled white wine with some fish. I'm good to go. <laughs>
4: so not only are they are Italians the leader in the world production, they're leaders in consumption. So... <laughs> Per capita, per capita, they drink 18 and a half gallons a year as opposed to six and a half gallons in the United States.
3: Oops. It's good for your heart,
4: right? It's, it's right. It's also like antioxidants. and
3: Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's fruit.
4: I can justify. See? I like how you think. We can justify uh, yeah. almost anything. And you're right. It's not meant, it's not consumed like, you know, you're, you're chugging beers at, no, at the no, game. No. It's just part of yeah. your daily routine and, yeah. and, and diet and menu.
3: It's, it's a way to enhance your meal. That's really what it is. And that's why it's picked very specifically what you're eating. Because you want to bring some acidic notes or you want to bring something a little...
4: There's very much an art and a science to, yes. to the wine and wine pairing. I've tried to learn over the years. I <laughs> still have no idea what I'm doing I was told, look at the most expensive one and yeah. the least expensive one and just pick one in the middle. Exactly. And that's the one that you should order.
3: And if you like it,
4: then it's good. Right. And that's, and that's the thing. If you like the wine, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what, you know, wine spectator says or what this reviewer says. You dr- if, if box wine from Price Club yeah. is your thing, then go for it, man. It's, it, what, it's whatever makes you happy. I agree. Because um, a lot of those are actually from, you know, other vineyards and it's just sort of repackaged that way. And it's, and it's convenient in the yeah. box, too. Yeah. Um, Outside here, we see one of the... Um
3: Carretto Siciliano. They call it Carretto Siciliano. Those are typical in, in Sicily. You see those, and they used to have all the uh, the puppets also with those. The, uh, I Pupi Siciliani, they were called. Um, it's, it's a very, very specific thing of Sicily. And you see the colors. It's very loud with the collars, yeah
4: so as a kid i remember i had like a little Mm -hmm. model of this um that my uncle or somebody had had brought back for me from italy and it was this little cart and i didn't understand you know what it was for or what it was used um it was brought into italy by the ancient greeks um and then were actually utilized by depending on the region and the the terrain Uh, They were led by a horse or donkey to, you know, carry supplies and then also used at, like, weddings and things like that as well, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, for weddings as well, and also in the theater with all the pupi Siciliani, yeah. So they they used it a lot, absolutely.
4: And I love, like you said, the the bright, vibrant, although you can see, again, the the dated and and aged and faded Mm -hmm. colors. Mm -hmm. Um, But this... Cart uh, offers two different options. It offers gelato and sorbetto. So, what's the difference between the two?
3: Il sorbetto, it's just an, um, it's usually fruity, um, and il gelato, it's, it's a little bit more creamy. So there's milk in it, and it's there's nothing like Italian gelato. I'm sorry, <laughs> there's just
4: isn't. <laughs> so for people, so how does gelato differ from ice cream?
3: It depends. It's not that far from it. Like if you get a good ice cream that it's really creamy, it's very similar to gelato. That's really what it is. Gelato, you know, it's usually made, you know, by a family <laughs> that owns the store. And again, you taste the, the love in it. That's really what it is. But it's much more creamier. Uh, they also have a number
4: of different uh, wines and drinks. They have the Rosa Regale. It's a red sparkling wine. Which, by the way, pairs very, very well with dark chocolate. Oh. Just FYI. I love one.
3: We might have to try that as well.
4: <laughs> uh, Bellinis, limoncello cocktails, orangello cocktails. And look at this. Wait. They have a tiramisu popsicle.
3: I'm impressed. I've never seen that before.
4: <laughs> she's, giving, she's giving it the thumbs up. Creamy a tiramisu gelato layered with espresso-dipped ladyfingers. Topped with cocoa powder. It sounds like a winner. All in a little push-up pop. Wait a minute. Let me just hold on. A I don't know if I can actually. Maybe I. I should probably have one just just to make sure it it tastes as good as it looks. So I would like a tiramisu popsicle, please. Oh, yeah. I'm um, okay. dropping everything. I'm so excited I'm dropping everything out of my... Here, can you hold that? <laughs> yes, of yeah. course. Phil, just talk. <laughs> <laughs> talk I- Where are you
3: guys from? Did we Napoli, Both. Napoli. Napoli, yeah. yeah. Ah, bravo.
5: It's under the Vesuvio, Welcome. Ah, nice.
3: How long have you been here?
5: I'm, it's my first month. Today is one month and one day.
3: Wow, congratulations. <laughs> How do you like it?
5: Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Thank
3: you. <laughs> Very different from back in Italy.
5: Yeah, here is, <laughs> the weather is totally different. <laughs> <laughs> we have at least one hour of rain every day here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, good. good. So, one
3: thing I'm popsicle, right? Here we are. I like how faithful you are to to the job. Because, like, you know, you we, Listen, I'm, I'm you, a giver. You need- I want to make sure I, uh-huh. I,
4: you know. Represent I accurately. Your, your <laughs>
2: Thank
3: you. Oh,
4: here are all home guess.
2: Here
1: we
4: are. Sorry? Oh yes please, because we're gonna share. It. Can I have two spoons please? Just to avoid any cootie contamination. There you go. Alright here, you uh, oh look there's a little donkey in the front too. What am
3: I doing with this? You're
4: gonna you're gonna pop the top of this thing and
3: uh How do I do this? Oh okay, there you go.
4: Oh look at that. It's like it's like being a little kid having like the pusher pops <laughs> from the ice cream. It's like being at an ice cream cart, except yeah, this one has a, a big fake donkey, donkey yes. in the front of it. <laughs> you go for uh, oh, it. Oh me first no yeah. ladies first. No, no, no. no. You go, you go. Here wait, I'll, I'll do this for you. Here. I'll open up your spoon. your spoon.
3: <laughs> we're being very polite. <laughs>
4: well, because that's what we're taught, right? I was raised right. Yes. You ladies work. first. So here you Thank take you. that. Thank you and much. I'll take this. Okay. All right. Okay,
3: I'm trying. Is it like oh, something? Oh, good. Oh, look at that. Mmm. <laughs> oh, this is really good. This really tastes like tiramisu. Yeah. Oh, my.
4: Yeah.
3: Oh, this that's is really cold
4: <laughs> and creamy. I just felt my body temperature go down like 30 <laughs> degrees too. Wait, hold. keep holding that for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be nothing left to say no.
3: Oh, my goodness. Mmm. There's nothing like a good tiramisu, and
4: I like it because it's not overly sweet.
3: I just took it way too big of a bite.
4: But wait, it's a push-up pop. Why are we not pushing up the pop? (laughs) We're so doing this. We're making it. Look at that. We're we're making so much. Oh, wait Mm
3: -hmm. a minute. This really has the Italian taste of a tiramisu, the creaminess (gasps) and the oh. Oh, oh. Don't (laughs) tell
4: anybody I dropped some. (laughs) Wait. Here.
3: We're being a little messy right you now. You just
4: take that. Just eat it. Don't even use this one. I'm done.
3: <laughs> no. I'm
4: so flabby. That's all you.
3: I cannot finish this. This is you.
4: Mm. So, for, so for people who... We've all heard of tiramisu. What exactly is it?
3: The tiramisu, you have um, the biscuits that is lady fingers. And then you have the coffee and the zabaglione. Mm. So it's very... <laughs> we're just like, it's mm. so good. <laughs> Again, it's very simple ingredients that are just they combine together and they're so delicious and I love this one because it's chilled and it's just perfect Mm -hmm. it's just perfect
4: and I love that's all that last that last bite is you I love how it's it's fun and it's easy to eat Um, we clearly you can share although I don't necessarily recommend Mm -hmm. sharing I'm doing it just for show purposes Um, that's a nice little treat and it was what five six dollars somewhere around there oh that was very yummy I completely forgot what we were talking about, by the way. It was really good. (laughs) That was delicious. That was a nice little uh, little unexpected treat. But as we...
3: Perfetto, (laughs) buonissimo. Grazie.
4: What she said. (laughs) um, As we we round the corner, again, um, uh, another statue, Mm -hmm. which is a replica of the statue of uh, Gabriel that is on the top of the Campanile
3: very nice Gabriele l'Arcangelo Gabriele you're like yep Yep.
4: what she said (laughs) Um, so here's a little Kid fun stop which um, where you can decorate your little duffy in the past they used to have things where you could do like a little um, uh, Venetian mask on um, like a little paper Venetian mask on a stick but this is one of my other favorite areas especially on a day like today when it's Mm -hmm. a little overcast I love the, uh, all the potter plants and the, the casual tables you can sit outside. Um, but this shop, here we'll go on the main entrance, this shop is the oh,
3: <laughs> Enoteca Castello. <laughs> Which means? <laughs> it's the wine shop. Castello, it's a castle. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see all the beautiful bottles already in the windows, so looking forward to see what they have here. Do you actually purchase here? Have you, have you ever purchased? Uh, I, I, have, um, I have. I have.
4: Um, and I know exactly that the Limoncello is right there. <laughs> so, um, so this is something that I would imagine you would find in northern Italian places like Tuscany and things like that, like a wine shop where you'd go in, purchase a bottle or four, and just go out and share it with friends and family.
3: This is something you would find in any city any city in la because it's just again it becomes a staple of the italian culture to be able to sit down and have a glass of wine it's like the the tea time for the for the british we have the wine time (laughs) and again it's because you were saying it before like it doesn't go to an excess it's not about you know going out and drinking it's about really enjoying a glass of wine with a friend not nothing more than that and enjoying the food that comes with it of course
4: What's nice about here too is you can buy it by the wine, by by the wine. Really, <laughs> I promise I haven't had any yet. You can buy it by the bottle. You can also buy it by the glass. And there's also, um, and I think it's going back to like the 2011 or 2010 Food and Wine Festival. They had two vintages um, specifically to this store: uh, Sonio d'Italia, mm-hmm. Dream of Italy, yes. bottled uh, exclusively for Disney Parks. And there's a Canti and a, uh, a Pinot Grigio. Um, and it again a nice place that you can just walk up, grab something, and then sit outside mm-hmm. on the promenade at sunset with the music in the background. There's nothing better.
3: Mm-hmm. Perfecto. And then you kiss somebody because it's <laughs> <laughs> right? there's a, clearly Maria. There's a trend going on that happens with uh,
4: you know. Look, that's why uh, it's it's it's. it's it, it's, it's, okay. it's all about romance.
3: Talking about something Italian, just my eye went straight to the Bialetti. And that's the, you will have one of those coffee makers in every single Italian house. Everybody. So, again,
4: I thought that was something only my
3: grandmother had. Everybody has. This is the only coffee maker that an Italian will trust. That's so how they make coffee. Why? So these are, so it's, it's called bieletti. Bialetti. Bialetti. hmm The bialetti, yeah. You, you see the shape, it's very particular. You fill the bottom part with the water and goes right underneath the valve the for the air. And then there's a little. Accessory that goes on top. That's where you put the coffee, and you don't press the coffee down. <laughs> you just put it in, and then a little trick that I learned from a friend from Napoli, actually from Naples. He used a spoon to put just make three little incision on the coffee that you just put there because he said it breathes better. It's again, it's an it's an art, mm-hmm. and then you you twist it and you, and you you close the the coffee pot. You put it on yeah. on the stove, and then you hear that you know blah blah blah, blah <laughs> like it starts. Coming out yeah. and then the house smells like breakfast and yeah that's that's Italy for you. Right. And
4: they even have some Lavazza. Is that lavazza, coffee?
3: lavazza and also another one. I wonder if they have it here. It's the Illy Cafe. Okay. Um, it's another one that is very very famous in Italy. But those those two are definitely the the top
4: ones. And there's one specifically for coffee. There's one specifically for espresso and mm-hmm. one for cold brew coffee.
3: Yes, it it's interesting that they're being so specific. Like growing up it was one. <laughs> it was literally this this shape. And you know, the espresso it's it's everything is an espresso in Italy because you know when you do the coffee it always comes out in a small cup and then it changes if you put a little bit of milk in it or you don't like so but, sambuca sambuca, esatto. So that's that's the difference. But like we don't have anything like the American coffee that it comes, you know, in big cups. Right, you're
4: not getting a super venti 36-ounce no. <laughs> no. cup of joe. No, it's, a little, uh, it's a little espresso. So we're, we're technically in uh, La Bottega Italiana, the Italian boutique, where you'll find, uh, and the store has changed a little bit over the years, but mm-hmm. candies and cookies and pastas, and uh, I was noticing earlier they have olive oils and spices, and yeah. like wine, like there's an art to olive oils. Like you'll see this mm-hmm. tiny little bottle of o- olive oil is about $22 because it's Uh-oh. white, white truffle-flavored, truffle. Yep. Yep. super-duper extra yep. version, which yeah. makes a difference.
3: Yeah, it's another major. Like, the white truffles and the black truffles are uh, very famous, especially in the in the center of Italy. Very expensive, but they, again, they, again, you can make oil with it, and you can have risotto with those. Yeah.
4: Oh, they even sell black truffles yeah. and black truffles and mushrooms, yeah. pesto and truffles. Wow, oh.
3: very fancy. What and, of course, this? olives. Olives. Wow, I love, love olives.
4: Damn. you? I'm going to have to it's turn in my Italian... Olives are not my thing.
3: I, I hear you. A lot of Americans, it's not their thing. I, I, can can't, like-
4: I can eat artichokes. And I'm not saying I have actually gone to the grocery store in the past, sat in my car and ate artichokes out of the jar. No, no. But I, yeah. in theory, you could you could do that. Yeah. Um, but this is all stuff for the home, too. I love the Italy-themed merchandise. Yeah. Um, it's It's Italian-themed as yeah. well as... Italy pavilion theme.
3: Yeah, and it's really, really nice. And they have a lot of different things because all the ceramic things that they have, this is very Italian as well.
4: So what's the... Okay, because again, my grandmother had like this with the rooster on it don't know
3: what it is. Everybody had the, the rooster in their house. I had one too. Everybody had one. And I guess
4: when you become a grandmother, they just give you one. <laughs> you just, like once the baby's born at the hospital, they just give you something with the you rooster. You graduate,
3: here's your rooster. <laughs>
4: um, but also, no. well, right, when you become a mother, they give you the guilt card, and then a the grandmother, they give you the rooster.
3: Yes, that for sure. <laughs> um, but also all the ceramic that has the lemon motif. That's very, very popular in Italy. I actually have a little lemon thingy in my in my apartment that survived every single move that I've ever made. It comes from Italy. Yeah. This is very... Strange.
4: And what does this mean?
3: It <laughs> says, Mia moglie ha sempre ragione. My wife is always right.
4: I'm not bringing that one home. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> so I love how they have this little um, cold right? Oh, oh, look at this. this, is, <laughs> this is There's like this. little candies oh. and... Sweet treats. I don't know what's in these. What are these little tiny cones? Wait Those a minute. Are ice Stop
3: it. Yeah. They're like little baby. Oh, this is like hazelnuts. Oh, and I have caramel.
4: Caramel? Oh, we might have to get a couple of these just <laughs> to sound sa- Nutella.
3: Stop it. Oh, yes. Who
4: doesn't love Nutella? What is this? Oh, the biscuits. Yeah. So you have a little biscotti and a little espresso yeah. or a little sambuca at the end of the night. Yeah. That's a good evening right there.
3: I can't believe, like I'm having a moment because I grew up with some of those little chocolates. This one, this is um, from Torino, from Turin. And this is really also what's kind of in the Nutella—you have the kind of a flavor. But I remember eating those as a child; like they were going out of style. I haven't seen one of those in, I think, 30 years.
4: What is this little fluffy?
3: Raffaello. those are very similar. Like it's, it's a little three bowls <gasps> almond like and, this. and coconut. Yeah, with the, the, similar to the Ferrero Rocher, but you have <laughs> almond treats, and of course, in Baci Perugina. Those are very, very famous.
4: Do you think we should try a couple of these? I think we,
3: should need, we need to eat. I think we need to get single. that one. Get that one. <laughs> and a
4: couple it. of the little ice creamy things. Though?
3: Which one do you
4: want? I saw that you got to get the hazelnut one. You
3: get the hazelnut. And then which one is this? We have they this have so, so many. Cookah parties. I have caramel milk. Yeah, I'll pick the caramel. You got the hazelnut, right? I got the
4: hazelnut. Okay. And then. Pick out whatever sort of thing that we need the chocolate that we oh need to goodness. try of remind you of.
3: Okay, you need, cause I, I'm getting this for you because you need to try okay. this. And then. And get
4: this mixed nut shaped chocolate with nut filling?
3: Yes. Those are little egg shaped. Oh, oh my oh, goodness. So Am I might cry.
4: Lots of different oh, kids. A- <laughs> See, this is why we're minute. friends. Look how excited she gets with the food.
3: So this is, you know, this one, right? Il Mulino Bianco. So this is a, a very famous brand in Italy that does all cookies and, you know, le merenda, That's what that's what we call it. But I grew up eating those in Bayocchi, Those are hazelnut and cocoa cream Stop sandwich it. cookies Forget about an Oreo after you eat this Oreo will be like, no, never again. No, never again. So, so
4: some of these. Oh, the lemon cookies. Yeah, we we had the lemon cookies. Amaretini, the yeah. little amaretto cookies.
3: This is like we're literally looking at. Do you remember before I was telling you, merenda is that snack that we have in the afternoon. Oh, right. That's what it's all about. Ah, see, forget it. Torrone. Like I'm just gonna, like, I'm just gonna move in, in this store.
4: Oh, I've never had so many little, little cream-filled puff pastries. Double chocolate biscuits with oh. chocolate filling. I
3: love this shrimp.
4: Pralinati? Like...
3: Pralinati. Shortbread cookies.
4: Shortbread cookie. cookies filled with hazelnut cream, Nutella, yep. and covered with cocoa glaze and puffed rice. Mm. What the what?
3: Yes. Oh, this is just insane.
4: I think I'm gonna have to make up a nation up care package for some yep. of the nation people and mm. send them. I'm just. My goal is to make the people in the nation have the exact same <laughs> physique <laughs> as I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I'm going to go down, I'm taking you with me.
3: <laughs> we need to understand.
4: All right. Let's just make sure there's no other snacks that we can buy yes. first.
3: What else can we
4: buy? Um. So they have a number of little uh, Pinocchio okay. figures, and so.
3: You, Giro di cosenza. Giro di cosenza. Let me see what it says because I can't read. Giro di cosenza. It always let your uh, your conscious guide. Your, yeah, that's really cute. I I like that. I
4: like that. Uh, this is really cute. I like that. Yeah. Oh, that's a really nice one yeah. down there. I've never
3: seen this before.
4: So you see, too, they have a lot of the Topolino, yeah, and, Topolino. and Topolini. I love that Topolino sweatshirt.
3: That, that's exactly the the, the 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 writing of the the magazine that I used to get when I was a little kid. The Topolino. The font. It's the same. Wow.
4: So at one point, and I don't see it here anymore, um, and I think I'm almost sure it was in this shop, they had pieces for Mr. Potato Head that were made of blown glass, like way, way, way back when. Um, I don't know what just made me think about that. They had, yeah, they used to have a couple little other tables here in the middle with like little bins and stuff. Put your money away woman. No you are not. You just stole my wallet. <laughs> I did.
3: I will
2: not give it back. <laughs>
4: Wait a minute. Put it, put it away. This is another Italian thing too. You always yeah. fight over money and yeah, who's gonna pay. Um, I love some of the, the photos on the walls too. Um, but I'm so
3: excited to eat this stuff. I know. <laughs> <laughs> i
4: Okay, so although we almost came to Fisticuffs to try and see who was going to pay uh, as we come back out um, the side door of the pavilion, again, I, I love and espe- I love this pavilion, especially during Flower and Garden Festival. Um, they do a lot of these potted plants and potted flowers, um, which one of the horticultures said is very much what you'll find you know, throughout Italy, yeah. throughout the year, um, there's even even the, the fountain that yeah. says alla salute, salute," which means
3: yeah, to, to your health. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, has the the flowers in it, um, but I love how the exterior of the building again it has that that aging sense to it mm-hmm. um, that that you get a sense. Uh, and listen, obviously, Maria, you know tradition. We don't eat at tables. We eat on top of garbage cans. No, no. Because already <laughs> you've already you've already eaten just... mostly everything. Look at those little itty-bitty baby oh, yeah. ice cream cones. I know. Is it ice cream? Is that what it is?
3: Yes, that's exactly what it is. a tiny ice cream cone that just because I'm in public, I'll try not to eat in one bite. Because <laughs> I don't want to embarrass myself. Those are That's delicious. why
4: I do audio and not video. Look at this. This is They're tiny little. They're like $2 each. Yeah. It's probably the size of... So I oh, wait. Oh, it. I could open mine? Mmm. Mmm. Wait. I'm like ripping it apart. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. It's oh, so rich. I got the caramel one. It's all chocolate. Oh, you can taste it's the so caramel. It's cute. Mm-hmm.
4: It's so tiny. Which
3: one did you get? I think I got the uh, hazelnut. hazelnut. Yeah, I got the hazelnut.
4: It's stupid You good. almost can stick the whole thing in your mm-hmm. mouth, but I'm trying not to mm-hmm. so you can have a bite. Wait.
3: Yeah. It's very similar.
4: Oh. Mm-hmm. So mm.
0: right?
4: It's not really ice cream. It's like eating a Nutella. Yeah. Like a Nutella cone. Yeah, but it was like in the here. Tragic, right.
3: It was in the it was in like fridge kinda of area, yeah, right? Yeah. Because Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We can taste the caramel in mm-hmm. that one, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Oh. I just started talking into the ice cream cone because I didn't realize I didn't have the recorder <laughs> all, in my hand. That's how excited we are. Oh, my um, God. It's very rich. Everything Nutella. is better with Nutella.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: And is, is Nutella, is it something that's eaten, like, again, forgive the ignorant question, but is it mm-hmm. eaten, like, a lot and just by kids or by adults?
3: Sorry, I'm just <laughs> stopping my face <basement>. with <laughs> chocolate. Um... Everybody, and it's our peanut butter and jelly. That's the Nutella. Like again, the five o'clock snack, the merenda. I grew up with a fresh from the bakery bread and just Nutella on top. That was my snack.
4: Mhm. Mm. so good. Mm. I say, you know, again, I'm savory over sweet. Mm-hmm. This is so. This
5: mm-hmm.
4: might be the perfect little snack. Yeah. It's the right size. Mm -hmm. It's small enough that you're not really supposed to share it, probably. Mm -hmm. But you got that, um, the nice fresh crunch from the cone and just like densely packed in Nutella Mm
3: -hmm.
4: with little pearls or whatever on top. Oh, that's yummy. That's $2.40, really, really well spent.
3: I agree. And it's funny because like, you know, in Italy, when you have those cones, the ice cream Mm -hmm. cones, usually just at the very bottom at the tip, Mm -hmm. you have, it's all filled with uh, chocolate. So I remember eating it and getting to the very bottom. That's the, the favorite part. And I love that they did the whole cone in chocolate because I'm sure somebody was like, we need to do that.
4: Mm-hmm. I almost want to do a video or like a top 10 thing with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm afraid the curse of loop. because usually when I do a video or something, it goes away. But <laughs> that's... Um that's a must-do dessert. Like I'm looking yeah. around like I want to tell somebody, I know. why are you people walking by this pavilion? All right, open up these other things too. Oh yeah. Wait, let's save that uh. Yes. All right, you whatever order you think. You
3: need think. to try this. So now what is this? So this is called gianduiotto and it's really like it's from Torino, but it's a gianduja-based chocolate. So there. I don't know what, what any else? of
4: those words meant. The only heard the only thing I heard was chocolate.
3: <laughs> it's it's a kind of a Nutella-ish thing. Try it.
4: So it's like <laughs> A little bit larger than like a piece of hertzi, but it's like a little yeah. pyramid shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to break it in half or? or for it. All right. Ooh. How's
3: that? Oh. Oh, and it's, it's filled. Oh, this one is a little fancy. It has a little heart in it.
4: Oh. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. That with a little maybe glass mm-hmm. of like red wine.
3: Right. Right. You just have the little. Something to just wash it down, and it melts oh. in your mouth. You feel it like this. It, it, you a,
4: don't even have to even mm. chew it. No, it just falls apart.
3: Okay, what are you doing all right. Next?
4: Do the little nut thing.
3: There's a little. It like, looks
4: like an Easter egg, but it's, it it's almost shaped like a. It's, it's designed to look like a little. Oh,
3: we can. Yeah.
4: A nut or something. Yeah,
3: that's a little Easterish egg. It's gonna take me like half an hour to find the right place <laughs> to open it. Oh, this is not helping at all. Oh, it was the other way. Almost there. Ah. All right, I'm gonna take a bite because I'm already God. holding it. This is not pretty at all. It really sticks to it, the paper. It's also a thousand degrees mm. outside. Mm hmm. Very creamy.
4: Mm hmm.
3: Oh. Oh my goodness.
4: <laughs> Super soft. Oh my it just melts away. It melts away. The other one you have to take a bite out of, mm-hmm. this one you could just put in your mouth and not even chew.
3: But it's not overly sweet. Mm. Right, it's sweet, obviously. I mean, it's chocolate. You feel it, but it's not. It has a little bit of a bitter taste. I
4: like the I like dark chocolate. Dark chocolate, yeah. And all these these little sample chocolates are like seventy nine or ninety nine yeah, cents, no
3: something, like something like that. So very doable.
4: Which is a really nice way to sample some of the flavors without having to do a full right. uh, sit down menu or buy a giant bag of chocolates right. that you might not enjoy. But trust me, you'll enjoy these. All
3: right, you go for it. Now
4: these are little. They look like little
3: coconut balls. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Almond and and coconut. Probably the size of a Ferrero Rocher. Sorry, we're having a full-on meal of people oh. here. <laughs> How do we like it? Mm. That's
4: mm. not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. It's crunchy, it's so there's like a crunchy, mm-hmm. almondy outside, mm-hmm. and then like a, a really light, fluffy, creamy coconut mm-hmm. inside, and then with coconut flakes on the outside.
3: Did you get to the nut? Mm. There's a little nut. Mm. You got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's very cream, but it's very light. It doesn't feel heavy at all. It's called Raffaello, if you guys are looking for it. It's the name, Raffaello.
4: Not super sweet. It's, um, it's not he- heavy at all. Mm-hmm. I was afraid it was going to be like a really heavy Amadi. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's wonderful. A- <laughs> I'm looking around with a big smile on my face. like <laughs> That is that is a wonderful little treat. And that's mm-hmm. one, the, one of the things I love about World Showcase is the ability to do exactly what we just Mm -hmm. did, to walk through, to wander, to get little samples, to understand and just see how similar, or more importantly, how different um, the the cultures, and especially the cuisines, are.
3: I agree. And I think it's like, you know, it's so different for me right now that, you know, I live here, and I'm like 20 minutes from the park than when I used to come for vacation. You know, you come here on vacation, and you have a few days, and you kind of quote-unquote rush through the park a little bit, of course. I mean, you try to do and see as much as you can, and you don't really have the time to slow down a little bit. And that's the Italian way, to just slow down and enjoy, right? The, The smell of the roses a little bit. But I think this was the perfect example of being able to do that. Even just to take a really nice walk around, and we we didn't even eat at a restaurant, you know. <laughs> we just walked around and have a few snacks. So this is definitely a nice way to do it.
4: And we didn't even touch. There's also the little um, the gelato stand out mm-hmm. there as yeah. well. You can also get espressos and cappuccinos and... Oh, maybe we should walk over there. Just maybe a little... Like, oh, they have, like, a little frozen coffee drink right now. Would it's, be. like,
3: it's one of those things that, like, we need it, we need it. That's I mean, yours. That's yours. No, that's all you. No,
4: I can't have it. No, I can't. I'm, I'm um... Why do we eat so much? I gave them up for Lent. Um... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm pacing walk back <laughs> <laughs> to my house. Okay.
4: I always feel, especially on days like today, that we're walking off the calories, so...
0: Okay.
4: And calories don't count when you're recording.
3: <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's good to know. Oh my goodness! I mean, I'm just going to eat the whole
4: thing. Go ahead. Just popped it. You pop the whole thing in your mouth. So originally the the donkey cart used to be out here, and now they have about six or seven different wines, as well as um, cold beverages and coffees. Mm-hmm. So they have Italian beers, sparkling waters. Um, so there's the Aranciata and Lemonata yeah, sodas?
3: Yeah. L'Aranciata and I don't know what, what they have. Like, L'Aranciata is kind of like a Fanta. Kinda, it's in a, an orange soda. And limonata is the same. A lemonade, but a little bubbly.
4: Hot coffees. We'll have to see maybe if they've got something a little, you know, to mm-hmm. cool us down and just mm-hmm. cleanse the palate.
3: Maybe an no limonata. Yeah. limonata, no limonata Or uh, they have a lemon tea. Or, or
4: both. We could just get oh, both of oh, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So, before we do, we won't, um, we won't, we'll do this uh, uh, off the air so we can, (laughs) we don't take up the spots in line. Uh, I think Italy is such a great example and representation of the history and the the details, and I think there's such opportunity here, not just for us as adults, but I think if you are a parent, you have a, people say there's nothing for kids, quote unquote, there's nothing for kids to do in Epcot. I think as parents, we have the opportunity To take them through here because everybody is from italy Mm -hmm. or from japan or from norway or arendale whatever (laughs) you have the opportunity to talk to them to learn about their culture you were speaking italian to the girl behind the counter Mm -hmm. which i loved i'm sure she enjoyed and appreciated Mm -hmm. um, too she's been here for about a month but you don't have to have an attraction per se Mm -hmm. on uh, a guide map to make these pavilions attractions.
3: I agree. I agree 100% what you just said. And especially the talking part. Just go up to one of those cast members here and just ask them about their cultures or what's their favorite thing on the menu. Because I know they love to share, and they're so friendly, then they will tell you things about the culture that they really know, because again, you're right I was talking to a girl in, in a store, she just moved here a month ago she's fresh off the boat, like I was 20 years ago, and it's different for me obviously, you know, 20 years ago, and she just came from Italy, it's you know, it's her culture. she lives there, and I can, I can feel it, the way she was talking and everything, she was beautiful, and so I think it's one of the most important things, go from one familia to another and chit chat with them, and another thing that I just want to point out also be sure to see the park at night, yeah. right? Because there's something about, again, seen with all the lights and you have the lagoon right in front with the, with the water. There's something very, very magical about it.
4: Yeah, like take your time as you wander through. Talk to the cast members. That's what they're there for. All the things that, that we wanted to show you and, and point out to you, they can speak to as well and, and sort of share stories from their experiences back in Italy. I think you're right. Sitting outside here mm-hmm. with a some fun snacks or a glass of wine or being here at night mm-hmm. and watching Illuminations, um, I think this is one of the more beautiful pavilions, especially when it is lit up at night. So I think the play is you go make a late reservation for dinner or to do a little tour de gusto, mm-hmm. order pretty much everything off the menu, call mm-hmm. me, I'm like 15 minutes away, <laughs> I'll meet you, no problem. Yep. Um, and then you come outside, you grab a prosecco, a bottle of wine, a glass, I mean, a glass of wine or, or a bottle of wine, whatever, oh, yeah. <laughs> bottle of wine and a straw, however you decide to roll um, and enjoy illuminations and the promenade. And I, lo- I love the fact and why I wanted you to come on was not just for the food, but <laughs> to get a perspective from somebody that has not just seen it as a tourist, but as live there, I can say, yeah, this is exactly what it looks and more importantly, what it feels like.
3: Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's like, you know, even right now that we're standing right outside of it. There are so many people just gathering in the center of it, in the, in, the, in, the, in the piazza, in the square, just sitting on the steps. And that's something very Italian to do. And I think, again, because of the way it was designed, it attracts people to do that. They were able to bring that kind of feeling to, to the pavilion. And it's, it's one of the most crowded pavilion when it comes to just chill out. <laughs> and that's exactly also what Italy is all about.
4: But, you know, we talk about it all the time. The reason why we come here and the reason why we come back and I think the reason why we like this pavilion and obviously there's a connection for us individually is the way it makes you feel. And there's a warmth and a friendliness and an authenticity to it that reflects not just Italy but what you find in all the other pavilions as well. So um, this is not meant to just be a guide for you to slow down and appreciate this pavilion more but I think really appreciate all of World Showcase as a whole. Take your time you know and when I say go try a restaurant maybe you haven't tried before it's a great way not just to have a good dining experience Mm -hmm. but to really learn about the people and its culture. We will definitely be back because now we have got to go and bring this full circle and, uh, and dine here together. I can't thank you enough for Bringing your insight and your experience, and the love, and the family, and the really cool accent today.
3: <laughs> the accent comes with a package, so that's that, that's a, that's yeah. easy for me. But thank you. I've been. It's funny, like I've been following you since the very beginning. Can you imagine that's that? Really? Yeah. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, I, I was listening from the very, very beginning back in New York, and I was walking in the city listening to Lou talking about you know Disney, and I was like, oh, it feels good. It feels like I'm there. You, you're able to do that, and. and and then of course we met and became friends and to be able to do this is, it's a gift to me trust me so thank you very much grazie
4: no, this is wonderful uh-huh. thank you and for you the listener if you've been to italy if you've walked this p- p- pavilion before let me know Let us know what your favorite part of the Italy Pavilion is. You can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. Go to the Facebook group at www.radio.com slash community. That's where the conversations and communities take place. And uh, let me know what your favorite part of the Italy Pavilion is. My favorite part today has obviously been able to spend and share some of this time with you. And uh, I can't wait to do it again. And. And, eat all and the eat, things, yeah. Then, then, the, then we need to eat all the things <laughs> and come over for Thanksgiving,
3: yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. And Christmas, yes, and Oh, Christmas, forget about it, <laughs> forget about it for Christmas. The the, the cakes, and I oh, don't know, it's like, yeah,
4: stretchy pants oh, are a yeah, must, all the way, so. got <laughs> grazie.
3: grazie a te. <laughs>
4: Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, We I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, hear, remember, or eat. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney Prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back review last week's and select our winner. So last week, I was excited and honored to have Jim Cummings, the voice of Winnie the Pooh in the upcoming Christopher Robin film, join me on the show. I'm a big Pooh fan. I have been since I was a little kid. And actually, Jim is going to be the first Disney voice actor, maybe first voice actor anywhere, to reprise his voiceover role in a live-action film, which I think will be followed by James Earl Jones as Mufasa in 2019's The Lion King. But last week's question was all about some of the little bit of facts and details not about the film, but the attraction itself. And I talked about some of the details of the picture of Pooh and Molly and Toad handing the deed over to Owl. But your question last week was to tell me, what now extinct attraction is honored, not in the queue or the attraction itself, but outside the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh? And I also gave you an extra bonus question as well. I had said that speaking of the queue, there was actually an interactive queue back in 2001 that was probably the shortest lived ever. It lasted maybe a day, possibly up to a couple of days, to tell me what the name of that now extinct part of the attraction is called. Again, that was just a bonus for a little bit of an extra prize. But let's go back to the main question. What attraction is honored, not in the queue, but outside the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh? Of course, I'm talking about the tribute to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which you can find inside the Treehouse play area that's out in front of the attraction. It's got that very, very small door for little kids or little Lumangello to be able to walk into. And if you look up into the second doorway that leads directly into the queue, you'll see that there are carvings inside, and one of them has that patinaed green look and color of the old Nautilus from the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea attraction. Now, in terms of the bonus question, there was that interactive queue back in 2011 where kids could jump on these black and orange striped circles that had springs underneath which would launch you somewhat into the air and sort of bounce from circle to circle your bonus was to tell me what was the name of that very 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 short-lived interactive queue area and that was of course known as tigger's bouncy place you didn't have to enter that one in order to be entered i took all of the correct entries randomly selected one and last week you were playing for all of my digital products That includes 102 ways to save money for that Walt Disney World, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, both of which you can find in the WW Radio shop as well as Amazon and iTunes, a brand new, not available anywhere else, vinyl sticker for your car, your laptop, your wall, anywhere, and a WW Radio pop socket for your phone. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is... Leah Chappelle so Leah congratulations you did not answer the bonus question but I will send you the prize package I will save the bonus prize for maybe this week's or next week's trivia contest but if you played last week and didn't win that's okay because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge so this week's show is all about Italy and like Italy and like me It's all about the food and Villanapoli in the Italy Pavilion has three wood-burning ovens that don't just afford us guests and locals some of the best pizza you're going to find, like, anywhere. But there's also a little bit of a story behind their unique design because they pay tribute to the three active volcanoes in Italy. The question this week is to tell me, what are they? And I'll even give you a hint. One of the names is a name you'll find in a Disney animated film... Pinocchio I'll also ask you to tell me where do you think has the best Italian food in Walt Disney World that's not a trivia question I'm just asking for recommendations you can append that to your entry you can call the voicemail you can email me or post in the WW radio uh Box people group on Facebook at www.radio.com slash community. Let me know where do you think the best Italian food and wealth this world is. That's not for a prize, it's just for everybody's benefit notification But your trivia question is to tell me what are the names of the three active volcanoes in Italy that are also the names of Vianapolis, three wood burning ovens. You have until Sunday, August 5th at 11 59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast. Again, you're going to play for all the digital products a new vinyl sticker and a pop socket for your phone. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Please be part of the continuing conversation. More importantly, the community by going to www.radio.com community. That will take you to our Facebook group, Please come by, introduce yourself, comment on this week's show. Let me know your favorite Italian restaurant in Walt Disney World. Start a conversation of your own again. Be part of the community and the WW Radio family. Don't forget, you can also connect with me. I am at Lou Mangello on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and that's also my personal profile on Facebook. If you have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at WWRadio.com or call the voicemail, comment on this week's show, ask me a question, or just say hello from the parks. Of course, as much as I love connecting with you online and speaking with you there, I still believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I still continue to have Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World as well as other events on the road. Go to our events page at facebook.com slash WWRadio. Stay tuned for the August Meet of the Month announcement coming in the next couple of days as well as on-the-road events in Indiana and Pennsylvania. Be part of our WW Radio running team by going to wwradiocom running. I also want to welcome and more importantly thank all of the new and longtime members of our WW Radio Nation family, including Claire Caserato, Herschel Ilney, Rick Pierce, Amber Grant, Madison Nicholsis, and Noemi Fixmer. If you want to not only find out how you can help the show, because it does go a long way, but also get exclusive rewards every single month, including care packages, scavenger hunts, personalized magic band cover logo gear we do live video group calls special events early access to events which may come in handy later on this year and a lot more you can visit www.radio.com support and don't forget that a portion of your contribution does go to our dream team project to benefit the make-a-wish foundation of america please also visit loomangelo.com if i can come to speak to your school your conference your event or help you turn what you love into what you do with private or small group coaching I currently have only two spots left for my Tuesday night weekly mastermind group, which is going to begin in August. And I now have less than 10 spots available for my Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World, October 6th and 7th. Dan Cockrell and Ashley Eckstein are our keynote speakers. I'll be announcing sessions and additional speakers this week. But again, if you are looking for an interactive, small, helpful environment where you're surrounded by like-minded entrepreneurs to help you really take your idea or your business, your product or service to the next level, please visit Lumonjello.com slash momentum. Thanks as always to MouseFan Travel, my official and recommended travel providers. Whether you're going to any Disney destination or really anywhere for a vacation, they can help you with the best possible prices, all available discount, and really at no cost to you for what is an exceptional level of personal service, visit them at mousefantravel.com. Also check out celebrationspress.com where you can subscribe and order back issues of Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. That is how our family and community will grow and more importantly, grow organically and continue to grow with like-minded, positive, happy people that just love talking about the things that we enjoy about Walt Disney World and the Disney parks. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Tom Nolan from Princeton, New Jersey, says, WW Radio, best podcast ever with dots for emphasis he says i've been a loyal listener for a couple years it keeps getting better and better ww radio isn't just the best walt disney world podcast it's among the most entertaining enjoyable and just plain fun shows to listen to it's all because of host lou Mangello. thank you he's obviously a true disney marvel star wars etc fan just like i am but it's pure magic listening to lou talk about what's coming at the parks the movies anything that makes the disney brand the wonder that it is I encourage everyone to listen and catch up on old shows if you're a new listener. Good advice. It'll make you feel as though you are right there at the happiest place on earth. Just as fun for me personally is listening closely to catch one of the many movie or pop culture references Lou will sneak in. What's equally entertaining are the intros to every show. Lou throws in a bunch of Disney attraction quotes, movie references, music, etc. And it's a really cool way to kick things off and start the fun. So from one Jersey guy to another, former Jersey guy, many thanks Lou. It continued to make my long daily commute from New Jersey to Manhattan more enjoyable. Carman761 says, Lou may not know everything about Walt Disney World. Oh, okay. Oh, but he knows who do. The best podcast about Disney, Lou's love for Disney, oozes in every show. Oozes. He lives to share his passion and truly cares for his listeners. A true joy to listen to. The show will feed your Walt Disney World addiction and keep you coming back for more. And Eric and Ashley say, Lou is awesome. Thank you. My wife and I love listening to the WW Radio Podcast. This podcast has helped us get our Disney fix in between trips. He's a friend we've never actually met yet. With all the and with all the negativity in the world, it's great to listen to his fun and positive podcast. Keep doing what you do, Lou. Eric, Ashley, Carman, and Tom, thank you. All so very much. If you want to leave a quick review, you can go to iTunes, search for WW Radio, or just go to ww.radio.com slash iTunes. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so very much for being my friend, for taking the time out of what I know is your incredibly busy day or night to tune in, to listen, to comment, to share, and to like. And if there's some way that I can help you, please reach out to me on email or Facebook Messenger. And to quote a, uh, a very wise little bear, always remember that you are braver than you believe and stronger than you seem and you're smarter than you think. And I hope that this truly is your best week ever. So until next time, thanks again. See ya.
0: Good morning, Lou Manjaro. This is Michael Riley. Thank you so much for giving a shout out for Nolan's birthday yesterday in the box. <laughs> I got him for his birthday the goofy Disney Treasure DVD set. I got him the Louis Prima Mary Poppins LP, so cool. And I asked him what his favorite thing was. What was his best Christmas thing? You wishing him a happy birthday. Thank you, buddy. Have a great day. Love you. Bye.
1: Hey Lou, it's Christine Martin from Flowertown, PA. I wanted to give you a heads up. I just took a road trip. To South Carolina with my uncle, and we listened to Enzo's Hideaway review, which was awesome. But uh, he loved it because he is a, a Italian man from New Jersey, just like you, and you took him right back to when he was a kid. And um, he loved it so much that we then, on the way back, I think we listened to three or four of your podcasts, and he is hooked, so he's going to go home, download the app. He's all about it, which is really, really cool. Um, he just loves it. He loves your positivity, and he loves the content of the shows. So, it's a rainy day here in Pennsylvania. I've got a lot of laundry to do, but. I haven't listened to the latest podcast, so I'll be doing that. I'll see you guys tonight in the box. It's Wednesday morning at 822. Have a beautiful day, and everybody, make somebody else smile. Talk to you later. Bye.
2: Uh, hi, Lou. My name is Brenna Trainer, and I live in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I'm very new to your podcast, and I just wanted to say that I love it. And I know that on a, on a recent podcast, you mentioned, like, just the wonderful um, grandeur and just beautiful set and production of Beauty and the Beast on Disney Cruise. And I wanted to mention that, if you haven't already talked about it, um, Aladdin, the Musical. Aladdin the Musical is on tour right now in, Bos- I think it's in Boston, and then it's going to Buffalo, New- Buffalo, New York. Anyway, I saw it when it was in Denver, and it was the most spectacular show that I have ever seen. I mean, the Cave of Wonders set alone was worth the price, and the cast was just excellent, and it was just so lively and fun and amazing. So I just wanted to give a really strong recommendation for that for anybody that lives in the area. And thank you for all that you do. Have a wonderful day. Bye.
0: Hey, Lou, this is Jeff Richardson in Brookhaven, Mississippi. just discovered your podcast after our last trip to Disney World, which was this past January, and we're going again this coming January. I wanted to tell you, it's a great thing to listen to while you're doing work around the house. My wife can't understand why I want to go outside and do work when I normally didn't want to, but she always sees the earphones in my ear. Also, because you only do one podcast a week, and that's not enough time for me, I've gone back and am listening to all the old podcasts from 1 all the way up through um through where I started a couple months ago. So I just listened to show number 57 where you talked about the best books to order, and just want to let you know I ordered three of those today, so that was a great show. I thought that was good for those of us who uh, are starting to read more and more about Disney World. We're about to take my family on our seventh, I think our seventh or eighth trip as a full family uh, since 2003, so we're really excited about that. But love your show. Thanks for all you do. I'm one of those fifty something year old guys who like sports and all the other stuff in the world but I'm crazy about Disney World and you kinda help uh help fix that uh, addiction I have every week to hear more and more about what's going on down there in Orlando, Florida. So thanks a lot, Lou. Keep up the great work.
5: Good morning, Lou Mangiello. It's Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York. And I am here to give you the newest countdown for your Japan trip, 441 days as of today. And then you have only, believe it or not, 69 days until Momentum. And we have, believe it or not, 62 days to our Sternberg and Maggie vacation in Disney World. So excited. Everybody can't wait to get down there again and now see Toy Story Land and um, Pandora and the Fantasyland expansion. It's just going to be so amazing. I cannot wait. Thank you so much for everything that you do. And I have to go and see the newest Aunt man and Wasp movie. I have not seen it yet. I'm hoping to get there this week. Um, thank you for not spoiling it for me. Um, and have a great, wonderful day. Stay positive and always smile. Love and hugs. <laughs>